prior to Trey messaging me and telling me that he wanted to induct me into the Offshoots Hall of Fame class of 2022, I probably would have thought I would not make any Hall of Fame of any kind. My thoughts on the business and my contributions to it. I was in a bit of conflict with um, with what my legacy currently is or will be or was or um, I really wasn't too sure. You may want to think of building a legacy and think of what would go into it and um, your hope is that you're always doing right by everyone or at least right by yourself in some respects but also while maintaining some level of positivity with your interactions with people and you hope you always make a good impression and um, you know at least for me I wanted to be well respected and well liked even uh, you know definitely respected and acknowledged and recognized and all of that and you know aside from hey potential fame and celebrity and whatever money comes of that or whatever spoils you know uh, me being a victor would would gain but you know in the back of your head you're always hoping at least for me i hoped my career would lead to a hall of fame i think at one point before i left pcw my thought process was I'd go to Booker's PWA and uh, sit under the learning tree with Booker and potentially get a stamp of approval and, you know, have a, have a pretty nice career, nice enough to get in a WWE Hall of Fame. I mean, there was a point in my life where <clears throat> that thought entered my mind and... Um, you know, I think once I got to books, that kind of went by the wayside. I think reality really kind of hit that it was going to be a lot harder than than what I had even hoped or could could think of. So, you know, I've always felt like I've accomplished a lot within my career. That's the funny thing. You know, that's some of the conflict is of of multiple minds when it comes to, well, what is my legacy? What is um, my place within it? Is that something for me to even decide or speak on realistically? Because, you know, the truth is uh, it's kind of out of my hands, especially a Hall of Fame or a nod of that kind. But when I've looked back at my career, I can at least now take some pride in, in the things that I did do and some of the positives and my contribution to it. Um, I try to hold myself accountable for, for my mistakes, and I do have some regrets and some choices I wish I could take back. But ultimately, I ended up where I ended it up, and... Uh, I've had to, over the last few years, kind of make peace with with where it is because of age and just opportunities and life in general. Priorities, you know, they've changed as well. 
Um, and again, prior to talking to, to Trey, I, uh, probably, yeah, I don't think I, yeah, I was like, maybe, maybe down the line, maybe, you know, maybe some company that I worked for, they, they have a hall of fame and, or, you know, some, some type of honor, maybe I get honored in that way. Um, but still, I, you know, doubted, sincerely doubted that I'd ever be recognized, uh, you know, publicly, I guess. I thought, well, that, those opportunities have probably come and gone in some, in some ways. You just, I didn't know what to expect. So... When Trey messaged me, I was in the middle of doing deliveries and I uh, had to really pull over and kind of collect my thoughts because it was, you know, I've known Trey for a number of years. And when he started the Hall of Fame, I was part of the, the Offshoots Network, which was a network of podcasts. And really, realistically, I was on one of Trey's shows uh, as a guest and he interviewed me and, you know, really wanting to, um, shine a spotlight on the DFW Metroplex North Texas area and its history. And, you know, my, my career within PCW has kind of guarded me, uh, you know, certain level of respect and I'm looked upon cause I, do speak about PCW from time to time and my time in Uncut and all of that. So um, I really appreciated having been a guest. And then we talked a little bit and I'd been mulling over about doing a podcast. Uh, I was doing stuff on YouTube, but I had friends of mine who were like, well, you know, the, the good thing about a podcast is you can download it and just listen. You don't necessarily have to even have your phone or device on. You can just let it play in the background kind of deal. And for some that's beneficial while they're working out this, that, the other, as opposed to YouTube, but I was putting long form videos out. So Trey and I got to talking and, um, <clears throat> you know, pitched the idea, I think. And I jumped at it cause it was an opportunity to get on another platform and something I was interested in. And he was a great producer for, for a number of years. And I think once he developed the network, he wanted to have a Hall of Fame. And, you know, as I've mentioned in the during the Hall of Fame uh, presentation, you know, there were naysayers and people who were, you know, critical because it was a new endeavor. But um, I, I was real happy with the fact that he was able to um, speak it into existence and execute it and... Uh, that he not only shined a light on talent, but he shined a light on like referees and staff and, um, you know, people that don't always get the uh, appropriate spotlight shined on them. So I always appreciated his thought process when it would come to that stuff. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I was part of the offshoots for a number of years and for a number of episodes, I put out, you know, a little over a hundred episodes and um you know as we got into like 2018 probably 2019 i 
wasn't doing them as frequently. You know, I had conversation pieces and a few other uh, topics, but as time went on, it was, you know, I wasn't putting out, out content as often. I would put content out here and there and I'd be on a show here and there and they'd always invite me. And I loved having our conversations and again, getting that platform. Uh, when 2020 rolled around, I was, you know, in the process of thinking of what I might do with GSL um, and maybe revamping the Lucha Lounge and or starting a new kind of podcast endeavor. Um, but once the lockdown hit, the pandemic hit, COVID hit, um, you know, a lot of those decisions kind of fell by the wayside. Uh, other projects fell by the wayside because we just, you know, not being around each other at times, not having shows and everything kind of being in a real flux. And I was on a few shows here and there, but, you know, I didn't need much. Um, I didn't need much in the, in the form of uh, obstacles to prevent me from wanting to put out content. I was a little burnt out and then the summer of 2020 happens and um yeah uh things change you know Trey's got to think of his brand as a whole and he decided to make some changes and um you know revamp what the offshoots was going to be and kind of brought about this the offshoots tv and really made his show his sole focus which is awesome um, so we have a lot of history and when he again, messaged me, I was really like surprised and touched and humbled and honored and really wanted to, um, be a part of it. And I found myself, you know, not trying to stay out of my own way of like, um, putting any kind of damper on it. Like, Oh, well, you know, it's. Uh, you know, trying to kind of talk myself down from it as opposed to just kind of uh, embracing it and enjoying the fact that I'm um, being publicly acknowledged on this platform. Um, the day of, of the show, I found out and probably a little bit prior to it that we were going to all be, you know, potentially all the class was going to be there. Um, and a couple of them I, I shared a lot of, had a lot of history with. Um, so I found that interesting that we were all going to be kind of on the show at the same time. We could share stories. And for me, it felt like a bit of a reunion because of James Johnson and Wally Darkman, uh, two guys that I've worked with very closely during my time on Uncut and my time at PCW. And I've stood across the ring from both of them multiple times and, uh, I thought we always created some, some real memorable stuff and some stuff that, uh, you know, are personal highlights of mine. Uh, Wally and I had been really good friends for, you know, the majority of our times at PCW. And I knew him long before the Wally Darkman character. And in some respects, you know, there's always this kind of how is it developed and, you know, kind of some of the behind the scenes stuff. You know, the truth is that, um, you know, some stuff... Hey, it's, I, I can recall certain stories. Um, yeah. So with Wally, I'd known him for a long time, really young in the business. Um, and he 
you know, the crew that I was with at the time he kind of fell in, we all respected him. He had immense talent. He was doing kind of this G slice character, um, which I thought had some legs, but at the same time, it, you know, I, I loved Wally as a person. So, you know, I felt he was a great talent and we had a feud, uh, a little bit here and there. And then he got injured during an uncut show, taking a move. And it was, you know, it was pretty rough, uh, especially for him. You know, I mean, injuries for anybody can be really rough. It can really set you back, kind of fuck with your mind. And, you know, he went through all that. But in the process, we were changing things up within PCW and Uncut, full throttle and Uncut. And, um, you know, found this character that he could be kind of a Willy Wonka meets The Undertaker, you know, kind of a creepy version of Willy Wonka in some, some respects. Um, but also part like Freddy Krueger parts, Pied Piper, you know, just, just a myriad of things play with the smoke and mirrors. And, you know, he went from a guy who, as I mentioned during the presentation, like guy who didn't really was unsure about the character to being one of the most popular characters in PCW's history. And it was great to, you know, kind of be in the same, room with him, so to speak. And even though it was all, you know, over zoom or over, you know, kind of a streaming video conference type situation, but it was still fun. Um, but you know, he was instrumental in my time at uncut as far as running it. And even a little bit before that. And again, we were friends. And then once he became the Darkman character, like feuded with him on uncut, but also, you know, he was just, one of my best friends at that time. Uh, James Johnson, another guy I'm in immense respect for and um, someone who I met through my time and I cut running it and, you know, I needed uh, definitely talent, but I also needed people that were willing to work and earn an opportunity and make the most of opportunities. And James did that. He went from a guy who was um, not not looked upon early on to kind of seen as a, a, a star, uh, within PCW. I mean, it took, took some time, but I mean, the kid had the talent had a phenomenal finisher, this O face, kind of this corkscrew, um, stunner from the top rope. Um, I want to say Ember Moon or Athena, the eclipse, I think is what it was called in WWE. But that was a move that first time I ever saw it was from, Glow James Johnson and uh you know that I've always said those that crew and, and most crews that I've been a part with will hold a special place in my heart especially crews that I work so closely with and James was one of them um you know Dusty Wolf and I another part of that class uh you know we'd always cross paths he was a guy that actually did like joint the clown and WWE is one of the doinks. Um, we'd always kind of cross paths, but never really, I think we only got in the ring one time and it was a lot of fun. Um, I just remember, you know, like, uh, as you get older, you, you really learn how to work without having to do a lot of bumping. And, uh, people were astounded that we both really 
took bumps for each other and it was kind of a sign of respect. We really wanted to work and have a, have a good time and, and, uh, entertain the people. And, um, you know, it definitely was a, a nice memory. Uh, Scott McKenzie and Bullman Downs never really, our paths never really crossed a whole lot. Um, you know, maybe at shows, but never really, you know, we never stood across the ring from one another or, or any of that, but, uh, you know, I, I know both and, uh, respect both. So it was great to share, share in that, uh, that honor of being part of the class of 2022. Um, and again, it was great to be back on the offshoots and, um, I'd done the show one other time after like in 2021, I think, or early 2022, um, kind of as a special guest situation. So being advertised and again, a lot of positivity from people when I've posted stuff on social media about it. Um, um, so, you know, as I mentioned during that presentation, um, there's so many, too many people to thank and there, I have done whole episodes about parts of my life and still missed stuff. So it's like, you're always going to miss things. Truth is, I mean, anyone who had a hand in any of it from a fan to a person standing across from me to the person putting the shows together, you know, it was all phenomenal ride. And, you know, if it ended with that, you know, honor, then I, I'm, totally fine with that. However, I, I'm not sure if it's truly ended or, you know, what, what the future holds necessarily. Uh, you know, I'd started to do some stuff with UPW and, you know, I, my last episode of the podcast or episode that I recorded that I put out, um, I said, well, you know, talk about perspective, uh, you know, what, 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 my wrestling future, I think, is going to hold. And I realized, like, well, Wrestleversary, I kind of went talking about my past. So, uh, and I mentioned a little bit about my future. And at the time, I was like, well, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of see what happens with UPW. And the truth is that um, there was a show that was coming about. And um as I've mentioned, my priorities have changed uh, and my mindset when it comes to wrestling has changed. I found myself in a situation financially where it wasn't real smart for me to try to travel. I could have asked for money in advance and said, hey, you know, um, I'll, I'll, that'll get me there and I'll be able to travel. And I, you know, was it too clear that my family was going to go with me. So it was me going to Houston by myself, which I've done, but it's like, oh, I'm going to be gone for a while. And then a show on top of that, my back wasn't feeling great. And that was another, like, where normally, I think, maybe, and maybe a couple years back, I would have been totally on board with, um, you know, working it out and figuring out what I could do. But the truth was that I physically was in no condition. And part of me thought, well, what happens? Let's say I get through the show fine. What happens if I do more damage? And this is not just 
some muscle strain, but it becomes a lot more because I'm having to compensate or, oh, well, we can smoke and mirrors it. We've done that before. This so happened to be a return match, which, I, you know, I get, but there was a part of me that was like, well, couldn't we do something else maybe and just to still get what you want, whatever that finished idea is of the vision, but could we do maybe this? Um, but, you know, they wanted to return match with me and Logan, and while I want to feud with him, I wanted also to have some stakes and it not be just a personal beef and it be for something because part of me goes, well, given my position or given my time in the business or given what cloud I do have from a story or character standpoint, you know, part of it's like he goes for gold and he always is after gold and Hey, we had kind of started that in some ways where, Hey, now I can challenge for any mat, you know, championship. But at the same time, I'm not going to fight what the vision is. It just in my head was like, kept thinking to myself, well, why would I, why am I going to go do this? Why risk getting hurt potentially, hurt worse, doing more damage? How long does that keep me out? You know, I've got Jackson to think about. I really don't want um, my wife to have to deal with that. And then again, financially and all this. And, um, you know, that I think since then it's kind of put me in this space of, well, what, you know, is there a future? What am I really doing it for? Why do I want to do it? Do I miss performing? Yes. Do I want to continue to do it? Yes. Are there, if there were opportunities? Yes. And then I've caught myself turning down opportunities uh, from promoters who have reached out and, and I'm either, you know, thankful for, for being approached, but at the same time, unsure if I really want to do anything you know I'm, I'm always thinking of well am I where I need to be mentally and I again I'm in conflict in some ways because I I do have to look at it realistically and well what could I do you know realistically in my at my age my physical um, stature at this point yeah I'm not training with any regularity I think there's there's a part of my brain of like well start on your birthday and like that be the gift and treat it as a gift and there's some psychology to it so I'm hoping that this Friday I you know maybe the next podcast uh, episode I'm able to go hey I started and I'm continuing but that's one step and then the idea of okay let's get back at the ring and developing character that's going to catch some level of popularity or doing it just for fun or, um, you know, that's part of where I'm at too is like, well, I want to do something that, that feels fun and where I can be of a value. And at the same time, it's, you know, I realize, Hey, I'm not the, the young guy in it anymore. And, um, you know, we're constantly told it's a young person's business. And, but at the same time, I'm like, it's in everybody's business. You know, everybody wants to, who's a part of it or wants to be a part of it is a part of it in many respects because of their love of it 
or the love of what it makes, how it makes them feel. And I'm no different. So I still would love to do it in some capacity. And, um, I'm also loving the idea, you know, loving coaching and mentoring and people send me stuff and, you know, I get stuff here and there and I'm able to comment and give them my two cents of what I see. And I'm not so nitpicky on a lot of it, but the stuff that I do see, I, you know, it, that'll be the last part of probably this, the last topic of, of discussion here is that, but, um, you know, I've also thought, oh, uh, being a coach somewhere or, you know, sometimes I contemplate running my own school or even thinking of starting a promotion and um, working with people and putting on a show. And again, I never know what, really what the future is going to hold. What if my son is a huge fan and wants to be part of it? Does that, you know, does that bring me back into it or am I still kind of into it in some capacity, especially from a coaching standpoint or again, putting on something, I have some thoughts in mind, but you know, you just never know. And again, it's gotta be worth it in some respects. And, um, part of me has got to be a little smart with it. And, and also really, Hey, where am I going with it? And I've never been too good at having a full plan. It's always just kind of like, well, I'll just take it as it comes. And that might be how I do it. For now, it's, hey, I'm enjoying my time with my family and I enjoy the opportunities I get and I'm trying to just enjoy them as opposed to uh, dampen them or, or give it any kind of negative spin. And I've caught myself a few times doing that when it's totally unwarranted. So I've wanted to avoid that as well because I this is a gift, the, the opportunity to be in the industry is a gift and I want to continue to treat it as that. And so, as I mentioned, I do get stuff from time to time from, from talent out there, people performing. They, they want me to um, watch their stuff, which I'm always appreciative of people who value my opinion enough to send me things their way and ask me questions and um, what have you. Um, a lot of times the things I see, especially when people put out stuff on YouTube, you know, if it's eclipse, it's one thing like a clip of a, of a move like wrestling with unicorns does, which I think is, is great. Cause it's a highlight of that. And sometimes you can get some character elements. Um, and it's definitely, um, you know, he's onto something with, or that team is onto something with what they put out. Um, because it's really eye catching and you see people that are doing similar takes on that with their stuff, you know, oh, like whether it be a move or, you know, so now I think I see people doing more character stuff where there's interface with the camera, which I always like, cause you know, one of my biggest pet peeves of stuff that I get, especially if it's out on YouTube, cause they're sending me links, which is great. That's the technology, but I'm always like, you never interact with the person filming. I've never understood that. Um, 
you know, I've been, I, but at the same time, I've been guilty of that too, where it's like, I don't acknowledge every camera or I don't always kind of look at it and make them pay attention to me. And I'm just, they're just catching glimpses of me. But I did find that as time progressed, especially when I would see other people's stuff and stuff on YouTube, it's like, oh, we should really interact with that camera or that audience member more than you know, that ultimately. And I catch so often content I'm sent. It's like, yeah, you know, a lot of people don't send me promos, which I'm like, well, you need to send me something because promos are really going to be uh, what gets you noticed in some circles, you know, or at least some kind of promo. It doesn't necessarily have to be the spoken word. It's just who are you as a character? What What's the story you're trying to tell? Um, and there's so many different avenues you could take with that, especially when you're given the ability to have freedom by creating your own character. And it's like, well, what's your character that you're trying to portray? You, you may work for a big company and they may change it. Who knows? Or they could see it and like it and want you to do that. And they're definitely big companies that do that. Or your, your platform catches fire and, you know, it's, um, you know, then, then you're, you're brought in because you're, you're a different kind of star kind of deal, you know, whether you're like a, a Logan Paul or, you know, you catch notoriety in some other circle and that is what attracts a big company to get you. But if they don't do that, then at the very least placate to, if you're putting out stuff on YouTube, I think you should placate to the camera person because no one's really doing that on a regular basis. And a lot of content that I get, it's that it's just kind of a static shot, even though, you know, that somebody that's holding the camera and they're sitting in the audience and it's like, why aren't you placating to them? You know, some of the other like little intro, little nitpicky stuff is always kind of the lack of commitment to certain things or the telegraphing of missing stuff. That's really bad. Like, in no way, shape, or form were you ever going to try to hit that. And I know from experience, like, throwing this, the sexy kick, in essence, having someone sidestep it was always troublesome, unless they could just kind of away me, so to speak. But usually I'd be like, grab it, you know, because that's a, that's a great counter. It's an easy counter. Because, um, yeah, it'd be difficult at times to throw it with the same fervor at times, because, you know, typically I'm trying to hit them. So the idea of trying to miss them is always a little tough. But with that said, it's always like trying to commit to it, trying to find a way. Um, I, I see a lot of people with, who throw clotheslines specifically, and they're high or they don't look like they're really trying to take their head off. Or, you know, it's like, oh, I'm just doing this so I can turn around into whatever and there's something to be said for making everything impactful or at least everything have a point. Um, you know, impactful to me is not necessarily like the how much damage you do with a strike or with this particular move. But there's also the intent and how you get people to pay attention to every little thing. I mean, you see the ones that are really getting noticed. Everything they do there seems to hopefully come with a point. 
there are a lot of other things, obviously, you know, but a lot of stuff is kind of unique to the people. Um, I will say this, you know, a lot of times when I'm watching Dark Elevation for AEW, or someone gets an opportunity, even if it's a squash match, they do ultimately get the opportunity where their name's called and the camera's on them and they may probably get a graphic, but they don't do anything to acknowledge it. I've even seen people with full a full getup, like entrance gear, take off their entrance gear prior to being introduced when it's like, but that's part of your character. Like, why didn't you keep the hat and the vest? Or why didn't you keep the jacket? Like, why are you in such a hurry? Because they're doing the traditional introduction. So utilize that time, especially, you know, people that get that time on AEW. Like, nothing's worse than watching someone just not even pay attention to the camera or not acknowledge it or um, stuff like that. It's great because, you know, sometimes... I have conversations with my wife and she's, you know, got her opinions and they're, they're pretty educated because I mean, not only is she a fan, but you know, she's helped put together content and whatnot, but she's a fan. She knows what she likes, uh, but it's really interesting to hear her, her take on stuff. So, um, thanks for listening to me ramble for 30 plus minutes about my hall of fame induction. Again, such a honor, such a pleasure I'm truly humbled by the, you know, it's a big deal to me. I'll be honest. I'll admit it. Um, when Trey was building it, I had hoped one day maybe my name would be in it, uh, especially when I was part of the podcast network. And so it's really, truly uh, humbling to be part of it now uh, with everything. And um, really made me feel uh, acknowledged and recognized and respected and all the good things. So I appreciate it. Um, not sure when the next episode is going to come out. Uh, my magnificent beard might be a thing of the past. And <laughs> now I don't know. Um, I'm getting it trimmed tomorrow in honor of my 48th birthday. So who knows what I'm going to do with it. Um, but um, yeah, so... 48's coming. I don't know if I'm going to talk about that. It really depends on when I release the next episode. Uh, it might be a, you know, end of season two, beginning of season three kind of deal, uh, which, you know, next year will be season three. But, um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, thanks for hearing me ramble for 30 plus minutes. I appreciate it. And um, I look forward to recording the next whenever that might be. But until the next time, I hope to see all of you down the road.